Hello, I'm Stuart Childs and you're welcome to the Dairy Age, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. Last week, the New Zealand Special Agriculture Trade Envoy visited the farm of Sean Moher, Chagas Dairy Gold Joint Programme Monitor Farmer. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Grania Hurley, Chagas Dairy Gold Monitor Farm Advisor, and Paul Maher, Head of International Relations and Corporate Strategy in Chagas, to tell me what they spoke about on the farm and also to outline the benefits to Ireland of hosting these types of visits. I started by asking Grania to explain the objective of the group's visit. The main reason they were coming to Ireland is, is to build, I suppose, links with Ireland and, and collaborate with a country that's quite similar to them in terms of how they manage agriculture on their, on, in their country. Um, and look, I suppose they're obviously going through the same challenges that Ireland is in terms of reducing emissions uh, in the agriculture sector. I suppose, they're, again, they're quite similar in terms of that they have uh, agriculture is quite a big part of their economy. So therefore, they have big uh, emission reduction ceilings as well, quite similar to what we have here again, because agriculture is such a big uh, part of our industry. Um, so again, it, it really was to look at what we're doing here uh, with our farmers as a country, what we're doing, how we're leading climate action change with our farmers um, and how they could adopt something similar to, in New Zealand. So really just to, uh, incre- and again, I think to improve our collaboration with, with other countries and see how they're working, what we can all do best, you know. They obviously went to Sean's farm to see what you've put together there as part of the signpost program. So Sean has a lot of work done in the last two or three years there, which uh, um, he was monitor farm with, with us prior to that as well. Uh, and he's just moved into this into the signpost program, obviously, in terms of just moving on in relation to the sustainability side of things. So what elements of, of sustainability that Sean has put into practice did you show them on the day? Yeah. So, again, we, we want to kind of, I suppose, like, as you said, Sean is working with signpost program and. What's key to sign post program is that um, we look at the key tools that farms can adopt in their farms, and not the two like again throughout with the farmers we're working with. It's key that these farmers are become more sustainable in terms of environmentally, of course, in terms of reducing emissions, but also these farmers. Uh, we also want to see how to become more sustainable in terms of economics and also social sustainability. So, a lot of the tools that we are um, encouraging the farmers to use, and a lot of the tools that these farmers have been using for a number of years. Um, will also improve improve their farm profits on farms. Um, so does there's so in the same post program, for example, we have twelve tools that we currently work with. So a number of them, for example, is use of protected urea, um, improving their soil fertility through um, improving in, in getting more lime out, um, look at tools of increasing their ABI. Um, all these tools, uh, for example, that we're looking at on a hundred cow farm will increase farm profitability by six thousand euros on a hundred cow size farm. Um, but the key tools that we wanted for the visit to focus on with the New Zealand Trade Envoy was we looked at the herd EBI, uh, Sean's herd EBI. We looked at the um, clover that he's adopted in his farm, how that's working in his farm and how he's reducing the chemical nitrogen. And the third tool we looked at on Sean's farm to reduce uh, his emissions was protected urea. Um, I suppose the first one we looked at, I suppose, was the, uh, we looked at the clover. So we went out last week and Sean, there was a small bit of break in weather and Sean actually was managed to get the cows out on one of the clover fields because there was a lot of grass on that field the day that that, that they visited. I suppose Sean has uh, really um, aggressively um, adapted clover on his farm over the last two years. Um, and to date, on his milking platform, he has uh, uh, 44% of the milking platform now is in white clover. 
and how he did that was re really through um, a receding program. So when he was receding, he incorporated two to three kilos of clover at receipts. And then he encouraged clover to come on by very excellent grazing management, but also reducing chemical nitrogen on those paddocks. And he's also done a bit of, uh, he, he's also incorporated um, through oversowing uh, white clover as well to, to, to increase that level of white clover in his milking platform. So, um, to, so for 20, and how is that? How has that reduced emissions on his farm? Well, look, it's enabled Sean to reduce his chemical nitrogen on the farm. So on a whole farm basis, Sean has reduced his chemical nitrogen from, so again, his outside blocks a bit, bit lower stock. So he's reduced his chemical nitrogen on a whole farm basis from 173 kilos of chemical nitrogen down to 136 kilos of chemical nitrogen um, on the whole farm basis. So like, again, he's, he has outside blocks to be lower stock, but again, he's made a big reduction on chemical nitrogen in that part. Um, so, that you know, and again, Sean, and, and from that, um, if you look, just look at the milking platform itself, um, so where he stocked around 3.5 cows in the milking platform, um, the grass clover swards, uh, received 95 uh, kilos of chemical nitrogen in 2022 and they grew 12 tons of grass versus the grass only swards received 214 kilos of chemical nitrogen and grew 12 and a half tons of grass. So, I mean, there's a difference there of 214 versus 98 kilos of chemical nitrogen on those paddocks with a half ton difference there in the grass grown. So again, you know, he's 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 made huge strides in terms of maintaining grass growth in his farm when making phenomenal reductions in chemical nitrogen. So look, Sean is measuring grass on a weekly basis using Pathspace Ireland. So again, he has that information in hand and he can compare uh, the clover fields versus the grass fields and see, you know, is, is this working on my farm? Is the reduction of of, of chemical nitrogen working on, on my farm? So, and, and it was an interesting point actually um, that the New Zealand Trade Envoy made actually comment was that your clover fields have grown half ton less than your grass fields, but we should we should actually be measuring this on a megajoule of energy. You know, like you know, really your clover fields are probably producing higher energy than your grass fields. So that's really how we should be measuring. You know the output rather than just looking at a dry matter basis, which which was an interesting comment coming coming back from them. Um, and another area we looked at um, with them was the protected urea. Um, so again, uh, Sean has been you, you know using has switched over uh, to using uh, more protected urea uh, on his farm. So uh, back in 2020, when he joined the uh, signpost program, for that he was he was still using a lot. He was using 49 percent of his nitrogen was in the form of protected urea. Uh, the other 50% then was uh, in, in can-based uh, nitrogen. And I suppose that's one of the key tools that farmers can use in their farms to reduce emissions is by switching over from protected urea and nitrogen over to can-based nitrogen. And he's increased that now in 2022, 72%. So just nearly three quarters of the nitrogen he's using on his farm uh, is in a protected urea format. And again, he's seeing, again, no negative impact in terms of growth um, on his farm. and you know, it's working quite well. And again, obviously, we know it's a much cheaper product, the, the protectoria, rather than using can-based product. So look, it's win-win it's for, for Sean. It's, it's reducing his emissions. Um, it's costing him less and it's growing the same amount of grass on his farm as well. And then Grania mentioned there that he's using 72% uh, of his nitrogen is in the form of protected urea at the moment. And the balance of that is coming from his 18.612 and his 10.10.20, which are the more 
carbon emission friendly type uh, compound fertilizers to use as well isn't that the case he has adopted a lot clover on the farm and i think you know one message we need to get out in the signpost farmers will say as well is that we're reducing the amount of chemical nitrogen in our farm we still need to get out the peas we still need to get out the k's so again we're saying that you know a lot of the clover fields again they're you know they, they're quite hungry for particularly k and um, so again it's quite important that uh farmers who are you know that they are um using um their peas and k's and like you say the 812 product is, is is a lower mission product to use and compare to your your cut sward your pasture swords and you know obviously you know that's one of the key tools farmers will use well obviously on their farms in terms of being more sustainable is actually maintaining their soil fertility so again where you have to like where you have to use your 8612, use your 8612. You get your P's and K's right, you know, that, and, and your lime obviously as well, because again, your lime is going to naturally release, or release that natural occurring nitrogen in the soil as well, you know. And then um, I suppose of the, the three items that you mentioned there in relation to the protected urea, the clover and the EBI, uh, which were the ones, of, look, obviously the she, she mentioned about looking at the grass in terms of the megajoules of energy there, as you said as well. Um, was there any one of them in particular that they were re- very interested in in terms of maybe taking on in their own scenario back in New Zealand? We're quite similar kind of countries, uh, Stuart, I suppose. And, you know, and it was an interesting conversation that Sean had, we all had with, with each other in that. Um, I think, you know, the, the, even though they've been using clover in their swords, I think they were quite interested in, in how Sean is 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 managing his clover in terms of his rotation and in terms of managing clover. You know, they were quite interested in the amount of grass he's growing the farms. Well, like you know, so I was you know quite interested in just um in terms of the clover side of it and how how we can cooperate more in our farms. You know, and to to reach our targets because I suppose that's the biggest one that that I think for Sean and Latin farms are doing that just you know to incorporate more clover. And look, you know, we have to be conscious as well that you know it's not an easy thing to be done. And Sean did highlight that. You know that the tools, for example, just switching to protected tree is an easy one. You know, you pick up the when you're talking to your your local sales advisor, you know, I, I want to use Pretoria products instead of a can-based product. Whereas, you know, he did stress that the clover, you know, is a bit more work in it. But, you know, I mean, when you're making that much reduction, your chemical nitrogen, you know, in terms of juicing costs, producing a higher quality feed, you know, it's 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 just, for Sean, it's it's, it's a no-brainer and look, it's, it's working very well. So, yeah, look, I suppose I could say that we work we're quite similar in terms of um, our farming systems. Um, but look, they, they were quite interested in, in how he's adapting so well with the reduction in nitrogen on his farm, you know. And I suppose uh, they arrived just a week after the carbon index had been launched. Um, had they any comment on that? Did they think, obviously, it's a world first from an Irish perspective? Yeah, again, look, they were pressed with Sean. I suppose Sean has been, um, you know, breeding his cows for IEBI with, with a long number of years since since he started, you know. So again, like he's 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 uh, his EBI has jumped up to 199 euros as a herd average, and his carbon sub sub index is seven euros for his for his herd of cows. Um, you know, and again, if it, looking at in 20 last year in 2021 for the full crop year, he produced 523 kilos of milk solids per cow. Uh, versus his crop, the dairy gold average was 437 kilos of milk solids per cow. So, you know, for, you know, he needed, you could say for the average, so he's milking up to nearly 90 cows there really. And he needed, he would only, he needed 17 less cows than the average dairy gold supplier would have required to produce the amount of milk solids sold off his farm. So again, like, I suppose it's just to highlight that, that he, Sean has been using eBay correctly. He's produced a very um, efficient cow that's producing high levels of milk solids. 
uh, running off about kind of 850 kilos a meal, um, you know, and uh, look highly fertile. So again, I suppose it's again, it's very important. It's very welcome to see this um, in this sub-index come into the ICBF because again, um, I think it does highlight that where we have been using high BI um, bulls in the past and we've increased our BI, it's, it's showing that this is coming through into a very carbon efficient type animal as well, you know. Very good, Grania. So I'll switch over to Paul now to give us a bit more of a kind of a background as to why we have these international uh, allegiances and alliances working with other countries. Or are we giving away the tra- trade secrets possibly is be, it would be the question I'd have for Paul. Thanks, Grania. Thanks, sir. So, Paul, firstly, as the head of international relations and corporate strategy in Chagas, will you explain what the role entails, please? So in my current role, I have the privilege of meeting and working with a lot of people outside Ireland and a lot of institutes and countries around the world. So in our in Chagas, we're trying to, I suppose, look outwards a little bit more regularly and a bit further than perhaps we have done in the past. So we're well plugged into networks around Europe and we're reasonably well uh, connected to people in forage producing countries like New Zealand. Uh, but we also are looking to connect with, with people all around the world that have a common interest in things like climate. And I suppose if you look at the policy arena we're in today, there's a lot of commonality in the challenges people have uh, trying to produce food, trying to make a living out of it, trying to deal with the environmental sustainability challenges and the social sustainability challenges like an aging farm population, you know, poor health and safety record for the sector. And I suppose more recently, food security has has become more prominent as well as a challenge. So lots of challenges, even access and capital, use of digital tools, uh, trying to diversify the system. Nearly every country has similar challenges, even though their actual production system might vary quite a lot uh, in comparison to Ireland. So uh, at the moment, I suppose climate is number one. It's the the most unifying challenge of them all. And I I think it's incumbent on ourselves to, to look to connect with countries that are trying to find solutions to reduce emissions and, and develop a more sustainable agricultural production system into the future. Okay, so Paul, moving to the visit that Grania has described, this is one of many of these visits that take place every year. Can you explain to people that are tuned in the benefits of uh, for both parties, I suppose, visiting and for ourselves uh, in terms of hosting these groups? The Special Envoy for Agricultural Trade, along with the New Zealand Ambassador and his policy advisor, all visited Moore Park and then on to Signpost Farm. And they're, they're an example of a, of a group that have made contact with Ireland and Chagas to see what's going on. And I suppose some of this is on the back of, of previous relationships and also the good work that's been done out there through initiatives like Origin Green, you know, promoting Ireland and Irish food. So people have a, a genuine interest in coming to see what's going on here. And at the moment, there's a lot of interest from all parts of the, of the planet, uh, Africa, South America, um, Asia, and uh, it, it's it's a really interesting time as people as say unite under this 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 global sort of challenge to tackle to tackle um, emissions. Okay, so I suppose the one question I'd have maybe and maybe other people listening in might be thinking the same way too, just in terms of sustainability and how important it is to us as an exporting nation in the agri food industry. How important are the allegiances that we're developing by interacting with other countries on such matters? And could you take the viewpoint that because if we've cracked the nut, like just from what Grania has said there, that there's there's obviously interest in what we're doing here uh, from the New Zealand group in particular, no, but just not not specifically focusing on them. But I suppose one could ask the question, should we necessarily be sharing that information with our potential international competitors, I suppose? Yeah, tough question, Stuart. I would expect nothing less from you. Um, I suppose, again, I 
I think as a small country, and if you if you ever get a chance to engage with some of these uh, platforms and discussions at, at a global level, and I use an example of Tanzania, a country that we're working with, you know, population population of sixty million and you know maybe twenty five million head of cattle, um, as an example. And if you go to Asia, like there's there's a whole collection of countries that add up to millions and millions of people. And I suppose sometimes we we get focused just on ourselves and what we do here has been really important. And and maybe we have intellectual property we should protect. But I think as an exporting country, we have to be uh, more open uh, than maybe for the completely closed system in, inwards looking. And I think there's a lot more to be gained by connecting with, with other countries and seeing what they're doing. Uh, then, then we will then we will get from from if you like paddling our own canoe. Now, I think the other thing that's new for us all, and as we head into the future, is that. As I look back over my career in Chagas, the production system has been fairly stable and fairly um, repetitive, apart from you know small variations in, in weather uh, would, would would maybe change uh, an emphasis on what you might do. But largely, compared to other countries around the world, <clears throat> the production system has been stable and what we've done has been largely the same most years, only trying to tweak the timing of decisions. You know, as as climate changes and is changing, I think I think we all agree on that. <clears throat> we're going to be looking into a different production system, more diverse system, and we're going to have to find ways of uh, continuing to produce food in a way that's sustainable into the future, not just using the tools we have today. So I, I think we we really have to look at other countries and see what they're doing, see what their experience have been had, uh, what experiences they've had, and and how they've managed their their systems. So it it may be the case that forages won't grow in the same pattern of growth in 10 or 20 years time than they do today or it may be the case that we have to identify new new sources of forage if if, if we're to continue producing a, in a forage-based system okay so there's learnings to be got from it's it's not all one-way traffic basically by by giving something out or getting something back as well absolutely and if you think about it uh, if if for example we we have a, a, a overall a warmer climate and we have more sort of sharp sharp growth rates it's quite likely we'll need new forages. It's also quite likely we'll have new pests and new diseases to contend with, things that we've never had to deal with in the past. So we have to have one eye towards the medium to longer term, uh, as well as dealing, obviously, with the short-term challenges that we have at the moment. So I think there's there's more to be gained than to be lost by, by sharing with, with our uh, colleagues around the planet. Very good. So I suppose just to finish up, then moving away from that New Zealand visit that we're talking about specifically today, can you just give people a flavour of the other international projects that Chagask are involved in? Yes, sure. Um, in my role, there's there's two two elements to it. One is liaison with groups that come in from different countries around the world uh, that are, are interested in seeing what's going on in Ireland. And in addition to that, there's um, some activity uh, in funded projects in developing countries. So over the last number of years in Chagas, there has been some, some great work done supporting the development of the peso sector in parts of Africa. And we also have a number of projects in Africa on supporting the development of the dairy sector. So currently, at the moment, we have three projects uh, in Kenya, one in Kenya, one in Tanzania, and one in Eritrea. The Eritrea project is, is funded by an EU funding source. And the Kenya and the Tanzania projects are funded through the embassies, in the Irish embassies in the particular country and supported by Foreign Affairs Irish Aid. So collectively, those three projects add up to about 10 million euros worth of money, which is which is helping to support the institutes in the relevant countries to develop and enhance their production systems for food and agriculture. So just to give you an example, 
the Tanzania project uh, is uh, being supported technically by Parik French and Moorpark. So he's a technical advisor on the project. I'm the project coordinator. And other colleagues in Chagas have helped out, uh, depending on the technical area that's being developed. So that in that project, we're working in partnership with uh, an organization called Taliri in, in, in the Tanga region of Tanzania. And that's, that organization is similar to Chagas in terms of having a research function. So Parik and uh, the guys in Tuliri are working closely on the design and planning and implementation of some of the research project work that they need to do. Uh, the, the Irish uh, embassy are providing some funding and uh, we work together to try and figure out, I suppose, what is it that they can do to improve the support to, to the local region around their catchment area and the dairy sector nationally in Tanzania. So a lot of the things that we're working on are similar to here. Is as far as production, filling gaps in the in the uh, in the production year through uh, conservation, uh, try to figure out the best breed of animal to support uh, the production system there, which is more hostile to a bovine than, than here, as well as all all the other typical things you can imagine you would deal with in, in a research centre and a research program, and also then trying to reach out to the local area and, and try to improve that that side of things. So it's it's really interesting example of a project which has. Uh, support right across Irish government and it's something that, that fits really well for us. Another example of a project was Kenya and I think you had George Ramsbottom on recently and he spoke about an element of the project that he's involved with where I think he's supporting as a supervision of a master student given the opportunity to go out and see what's happening on the ground out there. So that's uh, another aspect of things. So we have uh, the opportunity to host visiting scientists, support Walsh scholars to do masters and PhDs. So there's a lot we can do if we embed it into the system that we currently have in Chagas. <clears throat> and I think we can we can support a really useful, tangible way and hopefully build a relationship that will stick as, as, as time develops. Okay, so it's a, a symbiotic relationship, I suppose, in terms of the, the countries that are sending people over here, maybe. But also for us, I suppose there's a there's always an emphasis on trying to give aid to or give assistance to those developing countries, and I suppose help them maybe to maybe not make some of the mistakes that we might have made along the way, because we we are where they want to be, basically, I suppose. Yes, but that's a moving target. So, so as some of the the systems of production, I'm sure we'll be looking at those closely into the future as well. Even in some of the regions we might consider hostile now, some of the some of the forages that can be grown in in shorter growing seasons, um, some of the the techniques that they'll have for for production with with low to zero inputs. Um, I'm sure there's a lot there's a lot for us to learn from 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 how they'll produce their food as, as well as how we do it. Certainly, we don't have all the answers. That's for sure. We'll leave it at that, Paul, as uh, I think we could probably talk at length on it, but I just wanted to give people a bit of a flavour of maybe what Chagas actually do. A lot of people probably won't be aware of it, so it's no harm that people do know of the kind of, I suppose, the public good, you could call it, maybe that goes on uh, in relation to international partners as well. So thanks for coming on for, uh, today to talk to me. Thank you, Stuart. That's all for this week's episode of the Dairy Age podcast, and my thanks to Grania Hurley and Paul Maher for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Stuart Childs and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.